For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating today? Today, believe it or not, is National Howl at the Moon Night. And I'm howling tonight because my dear friend, Tesla Bella, who's in the house, I know she's watching, she recommended tonight's show, and it was a no-brainer because I am such a fan of this man. Anthony Nunziata is here and did not play pickleball tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So you were in the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, in an article about pickleball. And I, what is it about pickleball now, I have to ask you, Anthony? Well, first, Richard, it is so good to see you. It's so been a minute. So thank you so much for having me on your show and, say, and I'm saying hello to everyone out there. Uh, well, I was a very competitive tennis player growing up. Um, and um, uh, I have to ask, yes, better, you or Liz Calloway? Well, let's just say this: at the <laughs> Actors Fund, at the Actors Fund benefit, we we won best male and best female. So yes. we're comparable in that sense, and that's actually where I first met Liz on the tennis court, and that's where really? I met Stephen Schwartz on the tennis court. It is a look tennis, and I'm going to go to pickleball. Is such a game of camaraderie because you're so close together. But um, as a competitive tennis player, I picked up pickleball. Uh, during the right before the pandemic in New York City, where I was living at the time, and man, Richard, I fell in love with it. It is truly become, and it's metaphorical, and I believe it. It, it is truly a sport of camaraderie and bringing people together. You don't talk politics. You don't talk about all the other BS that's going on. It is such a fun sport, and you don't necessarily need to be like an athlete or a rackets player. So I recommend it to everybody. My next door neighbor is an avid pickleball player. Oh, yeah. And I had never even heard of pickleball until uh, the pandemic. And she's always playing. And so I sent her the article this morning. Oh. I said that you were going to be on tonight and uh, you had to tune in to see this. And uh, but all the things that you just said are the same exact things that she said. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No. Is she, is she play, does she play in the, in the city? No, she plays here in Rockland County, where I am, but she goes, you know, several times a week. But first of all, Tesla Bella, who is probably one of my favorite people on the planet. Wow. She is, uh, there's a, a word called mishpuka. That's Tesla Bella. I love she it. is family. I just absolutely love her. Now, just before we went live, I'm going to try to do this. Yeah. I asked for you to send me a video clip. It yeah. came in a movie file. So I'm going to see if I can share this. Okay. So let's hope that I'm going to be able to share this. Everyone bear with me for a moment. Keep your fingers crossed because this is going to show you uh, doing what you do best. And I'm going to pull this on and here it is. And let's see if I can bring it on. And I think we are to work.
everyone doesn't realize is that was filmed about half an hour ago and he had never sung a note before today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 I mean, first of all, you're classically trained. We all know that. When did you first realize, uh, and uh, rumor has it yeah. that you are a twin? I am so, a twin. Uh, yes, you are a twin. But when did you first realize that you had this gift? Like really deep down, um, probably not until high school. The thing is like my brother was um, a little bit more extroverted than me growing up and he was getting the solos and he was, you know, he would be the first to raise his hand for that type of stuff. So it took me a minute to sort of like, gain that confidence. And so I would say high school. Um, yeah. And I started getting some roles and, you know, I, I, I getting, you know, I, I got the, you know, in sophomore year, I remember getting the, you know, the solo of singing officer Krupke in West side story. I played Al DeLuca in a chorus line in my junior year. And then in senior year, one of my favorite roles and gosh, one day I'd love to play again is Archibald Craven in the uh, musical, the secret garden. And that's when I realized for myself that I just, when I tried to sort of almost emulate Mandy Patinkin's voice, I don't know. I had a sensibility, I guess, of a little bit more of a classical, uh, you know, sense. Um, but uh, yeah, and that's when I started classically trained. Actually, I'm, I'm not lying. I just said I forget. I had I, I've done jingles with my brother since I was like 11 and 12 years old. Mm -hmm. There was a Honey Nut Cheerios commercial, Richard. You may remember it. That came out during the, the holiday Christmas time. Honey Nut Bee is going into Scrooge. Scrooge is saying bah humbug. And you hear these like angelic voices. My brother and I got, got this gig where we, two of us, were the singing voices of the choir. And they overdubbed us dozens of times. So I guess I sort of sensed that I had a voice. But, you know, it really wasn't until high school that I said, you know what? I said to myself, I said, 
This is something that you like to do and clearly people are also reacting to Richard. So now I know that you're Brooklyn born, um, yes. but did you grow up in a musical or a uh, household that was exposed to the arts? Did your parents take you both to the theater? Yes. Uh, where did that begin for both of you? Well, Hello Dolly, believe it or not, was my one of my very first uh, oh. uh, Broadway shows. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Carol Channing will do that and so much more. Right, Richard? That's right. Yeah. So, um, yes. So my dad, there's video and I, gosh, I, I, if people sort of look on, uh, maybe I'll post something after this. There's a, my dad would sing to my brother and me growing up and he is a creative, he's just a, a brilliant man. He's a creative uh, um, copywriter, cre a creative director in advertising, but such a great talent in singing and, and, um, he would sing to us. So that was around the house. Always. I remember music of all genres being played around the house and my dad encouraging this reckless abandonment of singing, of dancing, of just, that's great. Of just joy. And then I think I get a little bit of the showbiz bug too. Cause my mom's father, Bill Wendell, uh, my grandfather was David Letterman's announcer for over 15 years. And so he would, I remember him going to middle. I remember so vividly he would go to middle school shows. My brother played Charlie Brown and I played Linus in sixth grade. And after the show, he, he hosted this big dinner and he said in front of everybody, he said, you too. It's like, he said something along the lines of like, I don't recommend this to a lot of people to get into show business, but you two clearly do have that, 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 that thing. And I'll never forget that moment hearing it from, 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 well, I love the fact that your parents were encouraging uh, yes. to pursue this. Yes. And obviously, you already mentioned that you had the exposure to get the opportunity to do these in school. Yes. So you had a really good uh, arts program in your school? Yes. Let me tell you, Richard, you nailed it. Arts and education is the reason why I, I'm not only doing what I'm doing, but I think, it, it, well, I know it unlocked what was already inside of me. And I'm so like grateful for my music teachers, Trish DiVincenzo. Mm. She's not watching now. She will be. She lives in Florida now. She was my elementary school music teacher. She, she comes, sees us. She came, saw my brother and me. At Carnegie Hall, when we perform, she sees me perform now when I do my concerts in Florida. And I always call her out. I say, this woman gave Will most of the solos because he was first to raise his hand. But she did give me my first solo eventually in elementary school. And Deb Myers, my middle school and high school teacher, John Orfis, my high school director, um, John Finney at Boston College. These people know it because I, I exclaim it often that it is because of these people again, who unlock, who unlocked it for me. And there can't be enough. And that's why, like, whenever I get to do what I do, Richard, I always try to include um, a young person who is interested in the arts or someone who won a competition God bless you for that. That's good. A choir. I mean, at the end of the day, and Richard, you know, this as an artist yourself, that, we can't do what we do without an opportunity to be exposed to it. Thank you. Thank you. So if I have right now a little bit of leverage when I get hired to do a concert, 
I am all, I, I'm not just sort of like placating here. Like I will, I always find an opportunity to include young people because of truly, I wouldn't be doing probably what I'm doing without those opportunities early on. It's all about paying it forward. Amen. Yes. Uh, so I want to talk about the first time that you were given the opportunity to have a solo and what that experience was like for you. And then, of course, you and your brother, you've done so many shows together. The first time I saw you, you were together yes. uh, at 54 Below. Um, and what those experiences are like, uh, the two of you, you have this great rapport together. But you also, what I love about the fact that you uh, both, I mean, you, I think of the Smothers Brothers because they are so simpatico together, but they are both individual in terms of what they both bring to the table. And I think of both of you the same way. You both have your own individual careers. He's going to be on here in a couple of weeks, everyone. Is uh, he? Yes. Oh, he's good. He's booked on the show as well. Oh, great. Uh, so I get to hear his side of the story. Good luck. Uh, but <laughs> thank you. Uh, but, uh, Let's talk about your yeah. first time having that solo and stepping out into the spotlight by yourself and what that experience was like. Um, it, it's uh, mm. there's a great moment when you step up from the darkness into the light. Yes. And what that was like for you. That's a great question. I think The sense of being on stage, I think it was definitely when I took on that role in high school as Archibald Craven in The Secret Garden, where I truly found my voice. Um, and then the next year when I went to Boston College, right as a freshman, that, that fall of freshman year, I was cast as uh, Jesus and Godspell, and then Tommy and the Who's Tommy. And it was then that I realized that I really enjoyed and I wanted to study acting. I wanted to study voice. I wanted to study directing while also I was going to school to be a broadcast journalist because I still am a policy nut and all of this stuff. And if that happens down the road, if somehow doing TV in that sense of, but I'm a storyteller at heart as a songwriter as well, but you know, um, but yeah, so the, the, the probably senior year of high school into early college um, gave me that sense of that individual voice yeah mm -hmm. and then for many years after that had wonderful opportunities to perform alongside my brother and all along you know will and i are very close and we knew all along that this was a great vehicle for both of us but i knew for myself and he knew for what he really deeply wanted to do as a director and a creator that this would probably be a great platform for me as an artist for my solo career, which I'm, you know, now really, you know, head on pursuing that. Um, yeah. But, but performing with my brother gave me an opportunity because, you know, I get this question sometimes, Richard, um, about like, oh, how, you know, performing with your brother, you know, did you, did you, did you sort of lose a sense of your identity? I said, I was only performing with one other person on stage mm -hmm. who happened mm -hmm. to be someone who looked like me. So thank you for recognizing that. Yeah. We tried very much not to, you know, dress alike and do the twin thing, but we were, you know, we're brothers and, and, and we're very different, but. 
Did that happen as small kids? Did your mom do that? Or did she stress your individuality at a very early age? Stressed it very early on. She was, you know, different colors. She did not dress us um, identically. She is super mom, Fran Nunziata, Mama Nuns, as she is mm -hmm. known. And she, God bless her. I mean, she literally went to our elementary school down the block and she said, you have two, two grades and my boys are going in separate. She literally, my boys are going in separate grades, you know, in, in, in separate grades, in, in separate classrooms. I, I'm glad you're mentioning this, but my sister who will uh, be seeing this later. Okay. What's um, her name? Uh, Debbie. Hey, Debbie. Uh, Debbie and I are uh, 13 uh, months apart in age. Oh, wow. And uh, I always used to joke that we were supposed to be twins, but I wanted to be, <laughs> but I wanted to be a solo act. So, <laughs> so she was, story of my life now, baby. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. So nice. my sister, I was very well. This may come as a huge surprise to everybody watching. I was very outgoing in school, um, and uh, <laughs> and I I was the class clown. I was uh, always uh, I was the first one to raise my hand for everything. I was the teacher's pet. So yeah. my sister would come along and she would invariably get the same teachers that I had. And the moment they found out that she was my sister, it was a living hell for her. It mm. truly was. Mm. I love the fact that your mom put you yeah. in separate classes. Yes. She insisted upon it. I mean, she just insisted in it. And that definitely gave us some individualized. Well, certainly it did individualized attention. And we got to definitely develop our individual voices and all that stuff. Then, you know, when it got to middle school and high school, because we both did take a lot of the same, you know, honors classes or AP classes, but whenever there was an opportunity, and again, my mom sort of backed off at that point. She didn't get total full on Patty LePone, Mama, Mama Rose. But, you know, by the time it got to middle school, she was, um, the teachers were cognizant that these two guys, if we have an opportunity to put them in different classrooms, we will. Let me tell you, though, Richard, my brother and me, and this is no surprise, but I've said it before, and we're inherently very uh, competitive people, meaning like we want to do the best for ourselves and for each other. So there was always an innate competition between my brother and me, but and because our passions just so happen to also line up similarly. Mm -hmm. growing up. Mm -hmm. With that said, my parents... God bless them. We're so fervent on making sure that even if we were the two left over, you know, to compete for that number one single spot in tennis or for the role in, 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 in the musical or, you know, when we were comparing grades, they, they were just so fervent about you guys are brothers and you will always have each other to push each other outside of high school, beyond college, you will always have each other to push each other. And that's a beautiful thing, but always, re always remember you are brothers. So I'm grateful that now, Richard, I have Will as a collaborator for life. Mm -hmm. We share everything with each other. And um, yeah, I'm grateful to have that healthy. I mean, thank, I, you know, we have a very healthy relationship. That's wonderful. As you're going through high school and you're developing as young men and going into adulthood, you start deciding what you're going to do uh, 
as a career path. Yeah. Um, did the two of you have conversations about the paths that you were going to pursue and how you were going to pursue this? And as you were moving towards graduation and getting out of school, um, what were your conversations like in terms of the paths that you were going to take? And did you take the paths that you both were deciding that you were going to go on? It's a great question. Well, so we both decided individually that we were going to go to Boston College together. So we knew we were going to college at the same time. And um, I was thinking about journalism and auditioning for things uh, theater wise. Will was a theater major. He knew that he wanted to do something in the theater. Um, it was an opportunity when our 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 chorus teacher gave, uh, asked us in our fall of sophomore year saying, OK, boss, the Boston Pops comes to the Boston College every fall to do a big benefit gala in the in the hockey arena. They create the hockey arena basically into a symphony hall for a big uh, fundraising event. Mm -hmm. And he said, listen, this year they're going to they want a soloist to come out of the student body. And we were sophomores. They said, uh, John Finney said, I want you to to sing our time. From Merrily We Roll Along, backed by the Boston Pop Symphony Orchestra. Do you guys want to do it? And of course, yes. Thank, wow. Thank you for this opportunity. Mind you, immediately now I'm just thinking back when that moment was at, when, when I was asked that my brother and me would make tents in forts and have this old TV set with a VCR player where we would watch Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, Carol Burnett and Julie Andrews, Liza with a Z, the Frank Sinatra special at uh, Madison Square Garden. So in terms of just this manifestation of understanding of seeing concert acts and knowing what artists were, when this opportunity came up and I remember I can go back being so present when we're singing now with the Boston Pops. I literally, we, we, I said, I get to do my thing as an actor, as a singer, but share the stage with you, Will. Do you want to do this? Do you want to like give this a go? And the entrepreneurial spirit in me, and we can go into that. I'm an entrepreneur first, Richard. Yes, I, immediately, I, love, I love this. And I already took on, so I immediately took on this manager role at 19 years old for what Will and I were doing. I still, by the way, manage what I do um, and all the business that I do and all the you know different areas I'm in. But it was that moment where I began to understand what it meant to make phone calls and try to book my brother and me. Because I said, no, being on stage with that symphony orchestra, I said, this feels right for me. Meaning not only, and again, I was 19, it was more so, sure, it felt good to sing with the symphony. Who doesn't love that right as a performer? But I said to myself, no, this is the platform that I want to do to give my gift. Mm -hmm. And it might have been the Boston College, men and women for others, Jesuit philosophy. It probably was. I knew deep down that this is my gift. The world needs, I think, at the time and still does, needs people out there sharing their gift to inspire and connect people. And where do those two meet? 
And that has been my passion ever since I was 19 years old when I gave, was given that opportunity. And I said, well, let's do this. And then from there, I found for myself, this is what I'm meant to do. Did opportunities start to come your way because of that concert? Um, right out of, yes. So through Boston College, again, it wasn't directly with the Boston Pops. I got to be sort of careful with saying this. It was through Boston College. Will and I got three other opportunities to sing with the Boston Pops. One more time in Boston College and twice at Symphony Hall. And right out of college, we got an opportunity, and he maybe he's on here, Carl Topolo, the conductor of the Cleveland Pops Orchestra, was our first yes out of college. It was a New Year's Eve concert for 2007. So I was right out of college. We got our first headlining symphony gig as Will and Anthony Nunziata. And then that opened up opportunities where we started getting symphony bookings and bookings as an act that we were sharing the bills, you know, sharing the same seasons as with, you know, people on Broadway, people that, you know, that we looked up to and we said, what the frick is going on? Like, no, I'm grateful to be doing this, but. How- and were you handling the bookings yourself? You were doing it all yourself. You didn't have a manager or anyone else doing this for you. So I was managing what we do. We did have booking agents along the way who I worked in tandem with. So yes. So uh, yeah. Uh, but, but for, you know, and it's not about quantity, but for the most part and what I still do, I have my morning routine of connecting with either places, venues, um, opportunities directly or through um, agents or mm-hmm. other people who help uh, acquire the gig. But I've just always had this, I don't know, this passion to run a business and to know that and to empower artists saying, if it's something that you want to do and you see it and you th- and you believe that you are a, um, a remedy for a need, go for it. Do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing stopping you. Yeah. And I think too, Richard, that that comes from also my father being in advertising. I mean, please excuse me if I'm over, I'm talking a lot here. No, but, no, no. This is what this is about. Oh, I am, okay. I am, I am absolutely loving this. I, there are things that you've just said. Yeah. Manifestation, first of all, I truly believe in. Yes. And uh, the fact that I too was that and watching these variety shows, that's the world of show business that I wanted to be a part of. Yes. That opportunity came your way and you were ready for it. So that, kudos to you for that. Um, as you started getting these bookings and you started to get a name for yourself. Yes. Um, you know, it, it, when did, uh, you know, uh, did you map out a plan for yourself? Uh, when did the players in your life start falling into place? There's, I mean, you've gotten, you've had some incredible support in your career as well. Uh, yes. And with good reason. Yes. Uh, when did they start coming into your world and aligning with you and you yeah. and, and vice versa? Well, right out of college, well, during college, it actually all began with a Boston College alumnus, the dear, late, great uh, Michael Frazier, who was connected to the theater business. He was 
well known and for being the headlining producer along with the Nederlanders for Lena Horne's one woman show on Broadway. Mm -hmm. Michael Frazier, we reached out to alumni in the arts and he was the one of the yeses. He came up to visit us in Boston College and became a mentor and one of my closest friends. And I miss him dearly. Wow. He was the one Gosh, this is like, it's amazing how things happen. He was the one who said, after college, Anthony and Will, get to know the business, get to know contracts, get to know everything. His dear friend, Jeff Romley, who is a dear friend of mine now, was working at Richard Frankel's production office. Wow. Big Broadway yeah. producers. Yes. They hired me and Will as interns. From there, it affirmed for me that I love the business and as well as the performing end. But that opened up a world of people in the Broadway behind the scenes that now I know, I mean, that introduces to Lonnie Price and Ted Sperling and Richard Frankel and the people at 50. Lonnie Price, Merrily We Roll Along. <laughs> oh, oh, forget about it. Oh, Richard, we could, we could have, um, first of all, next time I'm in the area, we will talk even more because we will Broadway geek out. I but, know, I, yeah, I love this. But it's funny how one person in Michael Frazier believed in me and my brother who then introduced us to the world and introduced us to Donald Smith. And then we were at the Lori Beachman theater where John Iacchetti was running Michael Feinstein's room at the Regency hotel, saw us at 22 years old and said, Michael, we need to bring these boys into the Regency hotel. And that connected me to Michael Feinstein, who is not only, you know, a mentor, but a dear friend, him and Terrence and John Iacchetti is now still a friend of mine. 15 plus years I later, John, I hope so, he's watching. Yeah. So, so I'm a big believer, Richard, in terms of planning. Sure, we try our best in this crazy business to have some sense of control. And yes, we are in control of what we put out there and the amount of time and effort that we put towards our craft. Yes. And as a more of a business minded person, I am about putting in the hours and putting in the uh, the, the, the the time it takes, and you know this, Richard, it, the time it takes, it's, it, it's about relationship building. It's not, it, we know that this can sound and be very transactional. Very early on, I've prided myself in, I want to build relationships. I want to, I want to build relationships. With I'm going to say something. Um, Go. Years, years ago, Joan Crawford had a book. This came out, um, well, when I was in high school, I found this book called okay. My Way of Life. And in okay. the book, she says, be nice to everybody you come in contact with because the person sweeping the floor today is running the studio tomorrow. And I, with a highlighter, highlighted that when I was in high school. And I was talking to someone one day and he said, and the person running the studio today could be sweeping floors tomorrow. Amen. It's it's the how crazy this business is. Yes. And you're absolutely right in terms of every single person that you come in contact with. Richard, amen. And off of that, I will never forget. It was so weird. Like I was get, like, this is the thing. And I, I don't say this a lot because I, I don't this is a great forum. I'm so grateful that my parents also like spoke to my brother and I at times like as little adults. And I know that they're, they're, they are definitely watching and, uh, and, and, and I'm grateful for that. You know, sometimes I feel like looking back, I'm like, yeah, I got to be a kid and joyful, but like my mom would always bring up, uh, 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 sort of 
how my grandfather would be befriend everybody in uh, when, when David, especially, well, he did, you know, announcing for Tic-Tac-Doe and Truth or Consequence and all those shows. He, he and Don Pardo were one of the original four announcers for NBC. But my mom said very early on, Pa, Bill, would always befriend and just be, not consciously to because it's the right thing to do. He just was, he loved to make friends with everybody. So literally, I'm in my building here in Nashville, Tennessee. And it's not like a hoity-toity thing, but I have, I'm like, when my friends come over, like, how do you know the concierge? Or how do you know the people, you're speaking Spanish to the people, you know, who are, you know, you come in and do, you know, work the floors. I'm like, because why not? We're all we all poop. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's the title of your autobiography. We all poop. I mean, and so even when like I know people, you know, Richard, and I know, and I get a sense too, you're the same way. You go to a restaurant, it doesn't matter who you are, the maid oh or the server. And does that not, Richard, too, when you then have your moments like here on stage or when I'm on stage, guess what? People are like, are you different? I said, you're getting who I am right now as I am in real life. I love it. I'm sorry to disappoint you people, but like, you know what I mean? Like this is who I am so that. You know, when I, when my friends say, Oh my God, I met so-and-so I go, they met you. They met you. It's you are just as important as they are. Amen. And, you know, and that's the way that I look at everybody. And I just wish that everybody would grasp that and yes. hold on to that. Yeah. Because if we really treated everybody that way. Yes. And that's the way I am with everybody. I treat everybody on this show uh, on the same level. Uh, I I love this business so much. And I treat everybody the same way yeah. because this is all about respecting. Everybody has something to bring to the table. Amen. And let's celebrate them. Amen. That's what it's about. Amen. Oh, God bless people. And like I'm, I'm thrilled to hear you say this. Uh, if that's what I hope everyone takes away uh, uh, from tonight, because that is what it's all about. Um, you started, you know, the mm. two of you started... Um, these opportunities start coming your way. Uh, yeah. Carnegie Hall and symphony concerts and everything. Um, you talk about, you know, all of the, the yeses and everything that happened. And that's what I want to focus on. Uh, but it's not always smooth sailing. Oh, my God. Um, when the difficult times happen, what gets you through those difficult times? Every day. Every day. I'm sorry if I'm yelling. But no, every you day. <laughs> I'm thankful for a loving upbringing but again again i had parents who were tough you meet them now they're the most loving and i love that i love like i am so close with my parents i'm so grateful for my upbringing i wanted to i started swimming at four years old and i had stopped around 14 15 but where i went i was like 10 or 11 i wanted to stop my mom said anthony joseph william joseph we share my dad's middle name as his name, you know, Joseph. Anyway, you are going to swim. You're going to thank me later for what that does for your health and well-being. Mom, but we forgot our suits. Oh, no, I have the suits. I have extra suits. I know that you would forget them. Like little things like that, Richard, meaning and I bring that up because the 
the discipline, the combination between the discipline that my parents gave, and I'm sorry, I'm going all over the place. No, no, it's right with you. A sense of there was a joy and and and, and reckless abandonment that they get, allowed us to give, but also this to push, to push a little bit. And when I and uh, so a no to me. I have I I I I grasp no with almost zero emotion. It's a little crazy, but at a very young age, and also being in therapy for twenty plus years, truly gave me the the tools to accept a no, really as an opportunity to ask myself, do I really want this? If the answer is yes, find a way to better yourself, or find a way to. Um, Find a way to make it happen. If it's still a no, and how does it feel that second time? Uh, maybe this isn't the right time or this isn't the right. Okay, let it go. With that said, though, if it's a no and it says, eh, that's okay. I And this is my spiritual sense. God is merely giving you an opportunity to just look to the right and to look to the left. What feels better? What feels right? Keep on going. Keep on going toward those opportunities that feel right. And even if you get a no again, guess what? If it still feels right, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Richard, people can look at my website. They can look at this. They can look at my photos. They can look at the video. They can look at my bio. Let me tell you, it is a Wednesday, October 26th, okay? I'm 38 years old. I got four no's to you today. You're a baby. I got four, what? I got four no's today. I got four no's, but guess what? Last week, I got two yeses. Wow. Today, I got four no's. I can't imagine you getting no's. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. But, uh, but, but also, like, you know what I mean? I'm still at it. Um, these no's, though, are like, you know, are, are, are reaching for the rings, right? But guess what? We keep on reaching for the – excuse me. I'm going to start cursing, but I won't. Because no, you can curse. But I feel like I'm so comfortable with you. When I get passionate, I curse. That's, Meaning, that's fine. Uh, so we're all adults here. Okay. But we. this is my big thing too. And I don't want to sound like I'm pontificating. But we have to reach for those brass rings that seem like they're out of reach. Because guess what? Once you reach for one of them and you get the yes, that elevates you to look beyond those brass rings. And to, ask, and, and to, and to give yourself then the power and the empowerment to know – fuck, I reached that brass ring. Wait, what's above that? And again, this isn't for me. I'm being honest. This is for me like status and to, oh, post about like I did this thing or that. That helps in the business sense. But for me personally, it's about personal achievement and I'm competing with myself and my potential. And, and this will be my last point, every brass ring that I reach, I am hyper aware it isn't about me. I get to reach more people with what I love to do. So with every brass ring, I know deep down that I'm going to be reaching potentially more people and connecting people and to make people move people, to make them feel, to unlock their truths. And so it is about me, but my impetus, Richard, is about others, truthfully. Uh, amen. Mine too. Uh, it, it you absolutely. bring so much joy, Richard, to people, and I don't want yeah. to. I, no, no, Richard. I remember when we first met. You 
bring so much joy and yeah. love and kindness to people that when the, when Tess, I said, of course, oh my God, I was like, I haven't seen Richard in a while. No. Then I looked at what you do. Richard, you give it up. Well, you give it you. up. And guess what? In this business, you're a unicorn. And But thank God, thank goodness, there are people like you to give people platform like this. Because what are we doing at the end of the day? You are helping not only unlock things for myself in talking today and for yourself to talk about it, but what we're doing, perhaps, Richard, maybe one person, maybe one person tonight will hear this conversation and they're alone and they say, I have a voice too. Wow. That means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I needed to hear that. That's good. Uh, thank you. But I want to ask you, uh, Brooklyn, now you're in Nashville. Nashville. Why, why Nashville? I know it's the music capital of the world. Yeah. Carol said, if you want to make records, you have to go to Nashville. As a matter of fact, I have to show this because oh last God. night um, I had uh, Seth Sykes and Nicholas King on the show. Love them. And because they're doing duets together, I brought this on. I don't know if people know this, but Carol Channing went to Nashville and she did a whole series of country western. She recorded with Loretta Lynn. Oh my and they God. They became very good friends. But here's one of her country. This is one of her Johnny? albums. Johnny? Yes. No, this is uh, uh, Webb Pierce. Webb Pierce. And she said, you have to, you know, if you want to make records, you have to go to Nashville. Um, what took wow. you to Nashville? You know, but right before the pandemic, I was contemplating for a while that I needed, I just needed a new scenery. I was living in New York City, um, Manhattan. And then when the pandemic hit, as for a lot of people, it zeroed in, I, I zeroed into myself and just asked myself, where do I want to, or what do I want to really do and where do I need to be? And I said, you know what, I am writing a lot for myself and opportunities were coming up to also write for other people. But, you know, I was writing a lot for myself as an artist. And I, uh, during the pandemic, I just, I said, I have to visit, I have to go to Nashville. So I, I visited Nashville, looked at places in October of, this was October of 20, October of 2020, right after, right before the election and uh, presidential election. And uh, came down here, found my place that I'm at right now. And yeah, moved down here because during the pandemic, I was writing so much during Zoom and I was meeting new people from Nashville. Mm -hmm. It just kept into, just kept coming up. Yeah. And so again, one of those things when opportunities present themselves, how does it feel, Anthony? And so I said to myself, Oh, this feels like I'm meeting really cool people and collaborators. And I said, I need to change your pace. I've, I, I've wanted it for a little bit. And since coming here, I love it. It's a great, I look, I tour a lot, Richard. So it's more of a home base per se. I haven't, I don't get much time to live, live here, mm -hmm. but I have made some wonderful friends outside the business, pickleball, and outside the business, but also in the business. People have been like, who's this Italian, American, German, Irish, Brooklyn guy, your kid from New York, writing songs and, you know, dabbling into country music. But you know what? I'm so thankful for my upbringing and my passion for the, the greatest songs of the American songbook and classic jazz and standards. It's all about telling stories, right? Right. So for me, what a great opportunity. What a great place to be. So when I bring my special energy, whatever the heck this is, Richard, to writing tables 
with people who have written for Tim McGraw and Garth Brooks. And I bring my melodies and my ideas and writing style. It's, it's, it's funny how it, it, it's, been, it's been a pleasant surprise of how welcoming people have been here, but also how supportive people have been being like, Anthony, you have, a, you have a voice. Like you have your own voice in telling stories that reminds a lot of these, especially the older songwriters that I work with. And I hate to say older, you know, people who've been in the business longer than me who say there's a classic sensibility to what you want to achieve. And I said, yes, because at the end of the day, I want to, I'm interested in creating timeless music, you know, or at least try to, you know? So did that answer your question, Richard? It does. Well, there are a couple of things that I want to talk about. First of all, and I'm bringing this up, Broadway World's Album of the Year holiday release, Together for Christmas. Yeah, that was such uh, a- I'm going to give this away tonight. Yes. And the, uh, the word of the day is fun, because you're fun. Um, Am I? Thank you. Yes, you're fun. Uh, you are too, Richard. Well, you look for the fun in this business. Um, I do. What, I mean, it has to be fun in this. Do, do, when you are seeking a project, Yes, uh, and a project is looking uh, seeking you out as well. Yeah. Um, what does fun mean for you in this business? Oh, everything has to everything has to be embedded with joy. Always, I am a little freaking kid at heart, and I'm a, I'm a goof. And, and I'm sorry, you know all the serious photos you'll see of me on my website. You know, I'm a Mr. Romantic singer. I take my work seriously and I love to move people, Richard. Don't get me wrong. But in between my songs and in my real life, thank God for my improv training. I mean, I also did improv training. You know, I love to just be real. I mean, Joan Rivers was and still is the queen of my sense of humor. Point blank. That's, that's my, that's, where I live. I live in being just honest and truthful. So in terms of having fun, if even if I'm in a situation, a professional situation, Richard, this is the truth, that I'm sensing that there's a little bit of hoity-toitiness or egos in the room, I will call that out. I won't call people out, Richard. Richard. <laughs> I love I it. Call I love people it. out, Richard. But I will say, it smells so stuffy in here. Can we? Oh, I am not asking for much. I, I, my writer is very small. I don't have a lot of needs. A bottle of water and a window to be open for the stuffiness in this room. Good for you. Oh, for you. And so we're going to do some wind down questions just for the fun of it. Oh, we have so to wind first, down after that. Yeah, so the first question is okay. what is your worst habit? Oh, my worst habit. Wow. Okay, what's a habit that I can get better at? Wow. My worst habit. Um, oh my gosh. Now what I can do is can I you... can ask what is Will's worst habit and then I can ask him what he thinks your worst habit is. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so great for our, our, we haven't been in joint therapy in a couple of years, but this will be a good starting point. Um, um, you know, um, what's my uh, worst habit? You know, my worst habit is, you know, you know yeah, this is my, my worst habit is, is probably still, and I'm working on it still, 
is 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 um oh goodness i mean it's definitely just uh oh letting go of people if they're not being good to you i saw the greatest meme the other day and it said stop planting your flowers in other people's gardens when they refuse to water them amen isn't that great and i said that is the best thing yeah i think i i you know i'm getting better but i just um yeah i'm 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 very much an empath but my brothers let's go back to will i love will with that said his worst habit <laughs> If he's watching, he's going to get you back. No, I look, my brother has so many good habits, but what's a habit that, um, I don't know. My brother has, I don't want to speak poorly of him. He, he, if he has any, uh, he is, he's, he's a, he's a different, he is such a lover of people. He is so good. I wish, I wish I had the capacity. I'm a little bit more of an introvert, believe it or not. Like I'm an introvert, extrovert. I think Will has an amazing capacity. I do have to speak kindly because I mean it. And I learned so much growing up. He has an extraordinary capacity to genuinely share and, 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 and encourage people. But he has a intensity to it that is so beautiful. I will like speak to people like I'm speaking to you, Richard, one-on-one. And when I speak to people one-on-one, I'm, I'm like, I think, I don't know. I love to, this connection. Will mm-hmm. has the capacity with like, outside of shows and big groups of people to, to still hit people in a genuine way, but like have that energy to give. And when I'm sort of off the stage, Richard, I just don't have that. I, I need to recharge. So. Wow. Well, I don't know. I had to speak kindly of will and I'm not getting paid for it, but you know, I thought. <laughs> um, okay. This next, this is uh, an interesting one. Uh, get something off your chest in a loving way. So tonight, is a this is your opportunity you've got an audience to get something off your chest in a loving way it could be something about the business that bothers you oh i my hope is that people continue to be uh just i think if we all support what's something about the business I just think, you know, yes, we all, the thing is, I I wish, maybe I wish that sometimes, not just for me, but seeing how other people treat other people or, we all have our own lanes, you know what I'm saying? And, Mm -hmm. and I just, I wish that more and more people would just find ways to lift each other up. Um, I'm not one, I just am not, I'm not one to get involved in catty behind people's back talk. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Even in this business, and I'll be frank, I, as I have been, I, uh, when people start speaking poorly about other people behind them, I just say, and the best way I can, maybe it's to get a smile. I say, I'm just, if you want to talk about this, I just like, I, I don't, I'm not going to be participating in this. Oh, but don't you say, you know, everyone thinks about, I said, I will, I will speak quote unquote poorly about people, Richard, if it's to warn them about behavior that is unsettling. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. And, but 
in terms of doing the game of behind the scenes, ready for this? I don't have time for it. And that is not good, being a good person. And I just am not involved in the caddy behind the scenes talk that unfortunately a lot of this business can be. And if you have so much time to, this my, 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 I'm not saying I'm all saintly, please. I'm not. But with that said, I, I do not, I am not interested in talking poorly about other people in this business. Mm. At the end of the day, hurt people hurt people. And so if you're going to be projecting that to me, how do I, how, how confident I am to be truthful with you and honest and open with you that you won't do the same to me. So I just say, Hey, if we all want to be in a business that is about sharing our vulnerability, let's create safe places for all of us. And it may sound like hunky dory, but guess what? That's the way I am in that, in that case. We're all, we, we are in the business to entertain, to inspire, to challenge, to connect. And if we're behind our back, you know, at cocktails, speaking poorly about people, God bless. There are people who can do that. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I'm going to focus my energy on, on, on my craft, supporting other people so that we all get more opportunities to do what we do for others. That's where I'm at. You should be doing master classes, and I'm thinking of doing a master class. And let's talk. Okay. So, um, yes. So, I, this is going to be my last question, and it says, "When have you listened to your hunch uh, that was right on about something that you needed to do in your business?" And you've already talked about your business acumen and knowing. Uh, and thank God, I want to uh, raise a a cup to your father. Amen. Uh, you. Yes. Um, but when have you really listened to your hunch that was right on in terms of making the right decision in your career? I think intuition for me has always been my guiding force and asking to myself, does it feel right? Does it, I, I mean, again, it just happened very young and I'm so, again, I, I can only think of my parents who gave me the tools at a very young age to just ask the questions does it feel right? Is it going to do good for others? And are you passionate about it? And I, I those are the same questions that I ask every day, you know, for the micro uh, choices that I make on mm -hmm. a business level, mm -hmm. um, to the people I surround myself with, to opportunities. And um, if there's any sort of advice that I would give to people is that, is that sure, your gut is, is an important thing to follow. But I think that there, there are specific questions that you can ask yourself that perhaps can hone in on helping you make decisions. And that includes, does it feel right? Does it bring me joy? Does it challenge me? Does it scare me? But yet I'm still a little bit excited about it. Um, and will this decision perhaps bring joy to other people? If there's enough yeses amongst those questions, especially the scary part, especially the thing where uh, where it feels right, but it's scary because of failure or what other people will think, then you do it. There's no question. You just do it. Oh, but, but you just do it. Because any opportunity missed is an opportunity lost, not only for yourself, but truly for other people, again, to be experience the joy and the gift that you have to give other people. 
Why, 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 why not give other people the opportunity to experience what you have to give? Amen. Amen. And speaking of giving, I'm going to give away your CD. Right awesome. Now. So let's thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. Thanks, uh, don't everybody. go anywhere for a moment. Uh, we'll see who's going to be our winner tonight. You're all winners. Uh, Natasha Lombardi, I want to tell you about Natasha. Oh. Natasha is a phenomenal friend, supporter. Um, she lives in Portland, uh, Maine, and she is uh, shows up at almost every show. Wow. Uh, she is, she wins a lot, but she shows up a lot and she's here for me and it means the world to me and she deserves to win this CD tonight. So Natasha, thank you. I will be getting this out to you as soon as possible. So thank you. And uh, I want to thank you all for being here. I'm going to say my closing remarks, Anthony, and then I'm going to turn it over to you. Great. And I'm going to give you the final word tonight to oh. say anything that you want about anything that we talked about tonight that you want to build upon anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message that you want to leave everyone with tonight. It's all yours. Uh, don't worry about how to end the show. As soon as you say goodbye, the final credits will roll. Uh, and, uh, and that, uh, and then I will uh, end the show. It's, uh, and I want to say a, a big, huge thank you uh, to Tess. Uh, thank you for suggesting this show tonight. Uh, I have admired you uh, on stage for a long, long time, but I have to say that tonight I admire you even more. Um, and I truly mean this. This is not just lip service. Uh, you walk the walk and you talk the talk. And uh, in this business, uh, you call me a unicorn. You're a unicorn. Uh, there are very few in this business who lift people up. And it's important, especially nowadays, that we lift each other up. Um, the other day, um, and I'm not going to get political, uh, but someone who is a big name in show business sent out, a, uh, not show business, well, it is show business, uh, in politics, uh, sent out a very nasty tweet. And this was after Leslie Jordan had passed mm. away. Mm. And I sent a tweet to him. And I said, we just lost Leslie Jordan. And his entire life, was devoted to making people laugh. Yes. And thank God that from the moment that the pandemic hit, he got in front of his camera when he was holed up in his apartment. And every single day he would go on, no matter how bored he was. I mean, and some sometimes he had nothing to say, but just <laughs> what he was feeling. But he wanted to make people laugh. Yes. And I think that you with your music and your, you know, your philosophy. I mean, even if you were to go on and give a message a day, what you said tonight resonated with me because, um, you know, last week I felt so low, I was ready to chuck it all. I mean, believe it or not. Really? I, and tonight yeah. you made me think, I mean, there's Tess who's always saying, Richard, you're champagne, you're champagne. That's what she calls me. And every time she says it, you know, she lights me up. So I want to you thank are, you Richard. all. You are. Well, you are. thank you. You all lift me up. You lifted me up tonight on a level that you have no idea that you know what I needed this. Um, 
I always end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Uh, go to Anthony's website. I'm going to pull it up again here. Uh, please check out his website. Order uh, two CDs if you can. Keep one for yourself. Then go to your Facebook friends list. Reach out to the sixth name on the your friends list oh, like and that. send it to that sixth friend and let them know what they mean to you. Make oh. a phone call. Call that sixth friend and tell them what they mean to you. Mm -hmm. Again, with the passing of Leslie Jordan, Susan Schulman, who was a friend of mine, passed away this past week. Um, and I've seen in the last couple of days a lot of people who have passed away. And then you see this outpouring of love on, on social media. And I think, wouldn't it have been nice if six days ago, six days before they passed away, that they could have seen this outpouring of love. In the case of Leslie Jordan, it was random. He wasn't sick. It happened like that. And it's a wake-up call to all of us yes. of how fragile and how important our lives are. So yes. it's important that we tell each other how much we love each other and that we keep that message going. Um, I have a dear friend, Sean Moniger, and he always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And you never know what someone else is going through right now. Mm. But those of you who follow me, you know that I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. So I'm going to leave the screen right now, Anthony. It's all yours. Okay. And anytime you have something that you need to say or you want to say, pick up the phone, call me, and you'll come on the show and we'll talk I, about it. I would love so, to do this. It's this all movie. yours. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, Richard, thank you so much for having me. Um, I guess all I have to say, I mean, Richard, what you said was beautiful about you. We don't know. We don't know uh, what other people are going through sometimes. And and um, we have to be kind. Let's let's all find. Even when we're going through tough times and we all are going through our secret hardships. Yeah. To. To find a moment and a breath to be kind and to let the people we know that we love, that we love them and why we love them. At the end of the day, like, and this will, I guess, be my last point, but this is a big mantra for me, is that at the end of the day, the people in your life are all that we have. So let them know that you love them. And uh, yeah, and continue to spread Continue to spread all the love that you're able to give. And um, and if you're struggling, do not be, hesitate to reach out to those people that you love or to get professional help, whatever it is. Because at the end of the day, what's most important is that you um, are able to feel as loved as you can so that then you can then have the capacity to give that love that is needed to others. Because we are all, we are all needed in this world. So with that, I'm just sending lots of love. And I hope, uh, you know, you can check on my website of when I'm going to be in concert. Um, you can see me live in person. And, I, I, and if I haven't met you yet, I look forward to meeting you again soon. And thank you, Richard, for inviting me this evening. So good night. God bless. And thank you.